0: Hello, tour guide, tell all listeners. This is one of the Rebecca's, actually Rebecca. uh, And I am here to uh, welcome you to Black History Month. We have a really exciting slate of episodes coming out for you uh, in uh, February to celebrate Black History Month. And to start, I thought we would re up one of our uh, early mini episodes from last summer about Carter Woodson, who's the father of uh, Black History Month. Uh, This This episode tells you all about the genesis of the month, why it's specifically in February, what he was hoping to do with Black History Month, and how it has evolved into being sort of a national phenomenon. Uh, For Black History Month, we are going to spend all of our Thursdays delving into some really exciting and interesting stories. We're going to talk about African Americans and their history at Arlington National Cemetery. We're going to talk about the first two African American senators. We're going to tell the story of a congresswoman from Becca's hometown of Houston, Barbara Jordan. And Candon is going to tell us about an African-American musician towards the end of the month. So we have a lot of really interesting and exciting Uh, episodes for Black History Month, but we wanted to start and sort of frame the month properly uh, with talking about why this is Black History Month, who founded Black History Month, and why it is so vital. Uh, Thank you guys so very much and enjoy hearing about Carter Woodson. to another mini episode of Tour Guide Tell All. I'm one of the hosts, Rebecca Fackner, host of the pod, and we're excited to have you guys back for another mini episode. Every week we try to put out two podcasts. The larger one on Thursday is usually a deep dive into someone or some event that needs a little bit more intriguing look at their history, sort of a deeper look at the saucier side of history. But our Monday episodes are sort of mini episodes, and we endeavor to talk about something, uh, a memorial, a monument, a place in the nation's capital that does not get as much love as we think it should and something that we want to highlight and an issue that we want to talk about. Uh, And so this is going to be one of those. We are going to talk today about the Carter Woodson Memorial first of all, who is Carter Woodson, and then we'll talk about his memorial in the D.C. area. Carter Godwin Woodson is the father of African American history, Uh, and he is going to be, spoiler alert, the man who first comes up with the idea of Black History Month. So he's the father of Black History Month, uh, and the reason that it's in February, in fact. So to back up a little bit, Carter Woodson is born in 1875. He's born in Virginia and he's born as the son of two formerly enslaved people. So he's born to former slaves and he's born in poverty. He has an interest in an education and an aptitude for it, but because there's no money, it takes him a longer time to get the education that he wants. He has to go to West Virginia and work in a coal mine as a young man and sort of save up money and go to college on the side. He eventually is going to go to Berea College. in Kentucky, And as he notes later in life, because he's so poor, both his high school and his college take longer than they otherwise would. While he's at Berea College, he's going to work as a teacher and help as an administrator uh, to sort of help with the costs of going to school. He graduates in 1903. He will mention later in life, by this time he's already 28 and he's just finishing up his bachelor's degree. He's gonna then go to postgraduate degrees in history at the University Chicago. And after that, he's going to go to Harvard to get a PhD in history. Now, he is only the second African-American man to get a PhD in history from Harvard. The first was a man named W.E.B. Du Bois, who was going to go on to help found the NAACP. Carter Woodson is on a scholarship at Harvard, and he is the first uh, son of formerly enslaved people to receive a history PhD from Harvard, Uh, so that's pretty important. He's there on a full scholarship, and he completes his dissertation in Washington, immediately after uh, he moves to Washington, finishes his dissertation, doing research at the Library of Congress, while at the same time, he's teaching to help pay for his education. So he's teaching at a public school in Washington. He, in fact, can't get a job at a university because, again, he's an African-American man. And so he's going to spend quite a bit of time teaching. Most of his D.C. public school teaching career is at a school called Armstrong Manual training school, which is an all-black high school in Washington, D.C. He's later going to go uh, on to a career, spends most of his career at Howard University, again a majority African-American school in the nation's capital. He will rise to the position of Dean of Arts and Sciences. He's a member of the Omega Sci-Fi fraternity, which is the first professional African-American fraternity, and he devotes his life to teaching history, but specifically African-American history. He feels that African-Americans, there's no interest in their history, that the sort of larger white audience has no interest in African-American history. And so he wants to change that and spends his life promoting the study of African-American history. He is going to create what's called the Journal of Negro History in 1916. It's today called the Journal of African-American History. He also is going to create the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History in 1915. So again, he finishes his PhD in Harvard in 1912. And just a couple years later, he's creating an organization for the study of African American history and creating a journal to sort of help promote that study. The journal is still published. It's the Journal of African American History today, and it's still published by the organization that he created, the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. They have never missed an issue. He himself never missed an issue despite a Great Depression, the loss of funding, a world war. So he is gonna to continue to publish this throughout his life uh, until his death. He is really spent his career as an institution builder. The Association for the Study of African American Life and History is gonna run parallel very deliberately to a lot of white organizations that are excluding African American history. And so he really wants to make this history accessible. He's going to publish numerous books and articles, not just of a scholarly nature, although he certainly does that, but he also wants to publish things aimed at children, at juveniles, things that are accessible to kids, things that are helpful for teachers to help build the scaffolding to teach their classes about African American history. So he really makes it a big effort to promote this history in an accessible way. He organizes a lecture bureau and a speech series literally every Avenue he can think of to bring this history to as many different people as possible and so that's his life's work is bringing african-american history to the forefront In 1926, he has the idea of starting something called Black History Week. And in fact, he calls it Negro History Week. It's later going to get changed. He picks the second week in February to be Negro History Week. And he does this very deliberately. The reason he selects the second week of February is both Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass's birthday are going to be that week. Abraham Lincoln's birthday is February 12th. Frederick Douglass is February 14th. And so he feels that keying this Negro History Week to the birthdays of two uh, important promoters of African-Americans, that's gonna be really key. And he wants to sort of honor them by making Negro History Week celebrating their birthdays. Negro History Week is very quickly a success. People really are gonna embrace it. There start to be black history clubs, not just in Washington. Teachers are gonna start bringing black history into classrooms which is, of course, exactly what Carter Woodson is hoping for. What he wants is eventually for there not to be a need for a Negro History Week, that eventually African-American history will be seen for what it is, which is an essential part of the larger tapestry of American history. Negro History Week continues to get celebrated every February, uh, it's eventually amended and called Black History Week, and in 1976, President Ford expands it, he officially recognizes it, and changes it to Black History Month, and so we get the whole month of February, dedicated to the study of African-American history, which is long after Carter Woodson's death, of course, but continuing on his uh, legacy. He is going to spend his whole career believing that if you increase social and professional contacts between blacks and whites, you're going to reduce racism. And so he spends his life trying to promote these sorts of connections uh, and sort of promote the study of African-American history within the larger tapestry of uh, American history. He dies and is buried just outside of Washington, D.C. And his legacy, there's a couple of different really important parts of his legacy. His main legacy, as he would probably put it, is... Still, that we still celebrate Black History Month every year in February. If you've ever wondered why we have Black History Month in February, that's in fact the reason why. Also, his home, he lived in for most of his adult life while he taught at Howard University, is located at 1538 Ninth Street Northwest. And today it is a national park site dedicated to him and to the association that he created. Now, when he was alive, uh, this home was the Association for the Study of African American Life and History meets on the basement and first floor of this home. Woodson himself is going to live on the second floor. Today, the association still meets there, and in connection with the National Park Service, they are restoring and maintaining the home. They have interactive exhibits, and they produce still a lot of educational materials, again, designed to promote African American history about half a block or so away he has his memorial the memorial is on 9th Street between Kew and Rhode Island Avenue Northwest. So basically there's a bunch of different roads that merge and this little triangle of land is created there, which is where the Carter Woodson statue is. It's quite a simple memorial. It was dedicated in 2015, so relatively recently, and if he was standing it would be an 8 foot tall statue of him, but he's seated, created by a sculptor named Raymond Kasky, and he's seated on a very Simple stone bench called an etc. which is circular. He has is gesturing to a book. He has his hand on top of a book of history, and it says very simply, Carter G. Woodson, father of black history. On the back, the reverse of the etc. behind his statue is a quote from him which reads, Truth comes to us from the past like gold washed down from the mountains. So it's very simple, very lovely memorial, very close to his home, which is today a National Park Service site. Carter Woodson has a number of memorials as well. He has a number of schools in several different states that have been named after him, including in Washington, D.C. He has Carter Woodson Junior High School. He has a, a Memorial Book Award. The National Education Association gives out a Carter Woodson Black History Award every year. There was a stamp the Postal Service came up with. His papers are at the Library of Congress. He's listed as one of the 100 greatest African Americans. But his greatest legacy, uh, and I feel I'm on very firm ground by saying he would agree with us, that Black History Week has turned into a month and is sort of celebrated and recognized across the country. So that's the Carter Woodson Memorial and the story of the creation and development of African American history, which is super interesting and super important and that's uh, our mini episode for this week. If you have questions or concerns or want to sort of look more into the background of Carter Woodson or African-American history, check out our show notes. If you have questions about the episode, feel free to reach out and get in touch with us. We are at tourguidetellall at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at tourguidetell. Feel free to send us suggestions or comments or any interaction. We love to talk to people. If you enjoy the pod, please like and subscribe and rate us on itunes or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Uh, it really does help if you want to be a patron we'd love to have you join our patreon tour guide tell all thanks so much for listening hope you enjoyed the episode and we will be back with you in a couple of days for another full-length episode tour guide tell all is brought to you by some of the fine guides at dc by foot one of the many cities covered by free tours by foot and as we start to reopen cities we are giving private tours please check us out at freetoursbyfoot.com tour guide tell all is rebecca grahl rebecca fackner Candon arciniega and me dan king